Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Warning, the Savage Nation contains adult language, adult content, psychological nudity. Listener discretion is advised. And now, the world's most exciting podcast, The Savage Nation, home of borders, language, culture. And here he is, New York Times best-selling author and National Radio Hall of Fame inductee, Michael Savage. WABC Mendel, welcome to The Savage Nation. Go ahead, please. Yes, Michael, I've tried many times to talk to you about the end times from Jewish sources. And when you today use Christian sources when the Jewish people are already hated all over the globe just to inflame uh, our, our enemies against us. It really whoa, is... Whoa, 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 whoa. Stop getting hysterical. What are you talking about? When you start talking about the Sanhedrin that was responsible for the crucifixion of, of, of uh, the, the Nazarene, you, uh, don't you realize as a Jew how sensitive that issue is to us? We're all right, so let, let's talk about it without getting hysterical. Who was it who tried Jesus? That's irrelevant. The point is that... Well, well, why is it irrelevant? You're raising an issue. You're saying I'm committing a crime by talking about the truth. So let's talk about the truth. Since you're a Hebrew truth-sayer, tell me the truth. Who tried Jesus? The point is, even if he did exist, which is a controversial subject on, on its own... Oh, wait a minute. Even if he did exist, you mean... Now you sound like those who say that even if God existed... Not at all, because... Uh, well, I mean, not at all. Why? Because you're Jewish, so therefore Jesus doesn't exist? Do you realize how insulting that is to Christians? No, let's, let's, let's set the record straight. No, no, let's set the record straight. You called me up and said it's offensive of me to say that the Sanhedrin tried Jesus. Let's start with the historic fact. That is a fact. That only makes Christians hate us more when we're already hated enough in France and in, and in England. Oh, that makes Christians hate you more. What? Why does it make why does it make Christians hate you more when the exact opposite is the point I was making? I was saying to you that a minority of the Jewish judges said Jesus was innocent. Didn't you hear that part of it? The, the, whether he was innocent or guilty to bring up something which has been uh, you know, let's let's blow the lid off this nonsense, Mendel. You live in your own world. You live in the world of the Bible, the Talmud, the five books of Moses, and uh, the, the Torah and the Talmud, and I respect that. But is it not true that your children are not allowed to learn science? Not at all. My children... Is it not true that your children are not allowed to learn certain facts of history because it violates their belief system? My children have a secular education up to the eighth grade, and my daughter's up to the 12th grade. So you oh, oh, wait, and wait, and what happens after the 12th grade? 12th grade, they went to seminary. All my daughters, three of them, cannot... All right, all right, that's well and good. That is your choice. But does that mean that knowledge ends with your daughters? No, and my sons went to have an education, one of them up to 12th grade and one of them t up to the 8th grade, and then went right on to seminary themselves. That's fine. So you're raising a, 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 a children who are religious, but does that mean that they have perfect knowledge of the whole world? No, it means that when they have Torah, 
Torah is perfect knowledge of the whole world because... Yeah, I understand that's what you believe, but it's not true to most of the world. And most of the world right now is living with barbarians who would slaughter you and your daughters. And we need to wake the world up to what's actually going on. Let's talk about what's going on in terms of Jewish sources. Number one, we're in what's called the fifth exile. The, the last one is that of the Ishmaelim, the one we're going through right now. It's All right, stop with the Ishmaelim already. Please don't bring up Yonah Shimmel to me. Talk in English. What is your main point? The Ishmaelites, the Muslims, the Arabs, it's talked about in Jewish sources that they're going to make wars all over the world. That this, that they're, uh, make the only religion that makes slaughtering innocent human beings a sacrament. The Torah says that Yishmael is going to be a wild ass of a man. All right, hold on a minute. And how do you fight this evil, these barbarians? How do you fight them? With the Torah or with a bomb? You have to eradicate them the same way you have to eradicate the Amalekites. Well, hold on. Well, you have to eradicate them, okay? And how do you eradicate them? The commandment to... I asked you, how do you eradicate them? I asked you a simple question. Let's come out of the yeshiva for two minutes. How do you eradicate this evil? You bomb them to smithereens. Okay, you bomb them to smithereens or I bomb them? No, no I don't bomb them. The American military bombs them, 99% of whom are Christians. Your question, if there was a war... Do no, you, you, you hear what I just said to you? 99% of the U.S. military are Christians. Take a look at the graves around America, the military graves. They have crosses on them. Do you know why? Because they believed in something. They believed in their religion. When they died, they were given the last rites, Christian rites they were given. Don't you think that we should respect that as well? Michael, why do you always have to cite the Why do you always have to denigrate people other than Jewish people? Why? Why do you have to do that to make your point point? tell us how holy you are? My point is that you are bringing more anti-Semitism on us. Ah, oh, don't give me that garbage. Don't make me jump to your tune. I'm not going to fall for it. Let me tell you about the... I'm not going to fall for this. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of your holy rolling, because if you really want to get into it, I'll dig even more deeply into your, your whole scene. You want to go into it? Go ahead. You want to go into go your ahead. scene and how holy you really are? What? Let's go into how holy you really are. Are you still there, uh, Mendel? I'm here. Tell us how holy we are. Okay. What percentage of ultra-religious people in your sect are on welfare? What does that mean that you're unholy? They need it. They need it. Oh. Oh, they need it. Well, because I happen to oppose welfare. I find it a, a leech that takes welfare. It makes me sick. I grew up in a poor home. Nobody, I knew people. My people would rather throw themselves off a fire escape than accept public assistance. In this case, we have people who are discriminated against. They can't get jobs because they look like uh, Hasidim with long... Oh, uh, here we go again. Okay, you see, you've got all the answers, don't you, Mendel? I live the life. You've got all the answers, but your number one answer is whenever anyone says anything that you don't like, you scream anti-Semitism. You're, you're your worst, worst enemy, Mendel. Not at all. But those pe the people that are holy have children sometimes in, in five or six, seven, even ten or more children doing what God... Uh, bless them to do with... All right, so they should work at the same time as doing God's work. You can do both. In fact, I read the, the Talmud. It says a man should have a profession or a trade and study the Torah. It didn't say he should sit and collect welfare and study the Torah. Where does it say that? It, 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 this is the most generous, kind country in the entire world. And all Oh, but wait, but you deny that the religion exists of this generous, kind nation. You said even if it exists, you, you deny its existence. You say that the kind people don't even have a religion. Got enough already. Oh, stay on the line.
Michael Savage, a host like no other. Peter on WRKO, you're on the Savage Nation. Franklin Roosevelt saved England and basically Europe, not Churchill. Okay, so what is it you're arguing about FDR? What part, what part of this argument am I missing? Well, you're missing the fact that uh, you tout uh, Churchill as the great leader that in certain instances was, but he could stand there and make the speech that we will fight on the beaches and so on and so forth. But if FDR did not... All right, well, let, let's take one person at a time. Uh, Churchill was the spiritual or intellectual leader of the English people. He tried to warn them through the 1930s. They wouldn't listen to him. During the war, they did listen to him, and he gave them the courage to fight. Admittedly, it was the Lend-Lease deal and the American troops who saved England. But are you arguing, therefore, that because FDR was a liberal, that we need, that only a liberal can save America? Excuse me, FDR was a progressive Democrat, and if you are a... All right, wait, no, wait, so wait, he was a progressive Democrat. So are you arguing that the internment of the Japanese by this progressive Democrat was a liberal uh, policy that you would support? I'm not discussing Japan. I'm discussing the fact that... Well, wait, sir, you just said that FDR was a progressive Democrat and that he saved the West during World War II. So I'm asking you, which of the progressive of this the progressive Democrats policies is it that you are offering us as an example today? Is it the internment of the Japanese? Nope. I'm talking about the fact of the Second World War and beginning before the Second World War. Well, sir, wait a minute. You cannot separate and take away individual acts of FDR and say that those were exceptions. He did, he did, didn't he pass an executive order to intern the Japanese? Absolutely. But if you All right, so wait, no, wait, does that make him a progressive Democrat? Or does that t tell us that in times of war, uh, the progressive politics that you seem to be a fan of may have to be put on hold? Again, I'm not going to discuss that. If you want to end the call, fine. I want to talk about... Well, what do you mean, do you, mean you won't discuss it? Is that because you can't or you won't? No, I won't. How's that? Well, why not? Tell me why you will not discuss the internment of the Japanese since you're, t you're glorifying FDR and you're saying it's his liberalism that saved the West. But I'm asking you if his acts during World War II, of which there were many, including the internment of the Japanese, were liberal acts or were they actually conservative acts? They were acts at the time uh, that probably were warranted, but hindsight, Monday morning quarterback, showed that they would not have been done if people were not concerned with a so-called eminent attack by the Japanese on our uh, West Coast. Okay? I was wait, a minute, wait, wait, no, wait a minute, I miss, I'm missing the point. So let's look at some of the, you don't want to talk about the internment of the Japanese by this progressive Democrat. So let's talk about some of the other acts of uh, FDR during World War II that certainly don't exhibit any kind of progress, uh, progressive, uh, they're not of a pro progressive liberal nature. They were very clearly conservative in nature. Many of his acts were conservative in nature. So during the war, he was able to put aside his socialism and his tendencies toward uh, liberalism and move to save America. So I don't see where you and I have to argue over this. Yeah, we do have to argue over it because of the fact that the way you tout Churchill it, with regard to it basically saving England is a lot of horse feathers because uh, it took... So again, so you're arguing now that Churchill's work in the 1930s was of, to no avail? He single-handedly built up the British armaments industry. What are you talking about? Look, if it wasn't... He, no, no, you look. He was fought by men like you who were appeasers who said... 
Germany does not threaten us. We don't need to build up our Navy. We don't need to build up our Air Force. It was because of Churchill that they built the Spitfire plane during the 1930s. It was, it was because of Churchill that they built up the, the Royal Navy that they had a military. So how can you argue we had no effect upon the war? And in our country, we had so-called conservative Republicans that said, this fight is not ours. Europe's war is not ours. You, were, you don't remember that, but if you read history, you would have seen that. Well, don't, don't lecture me about history because you read one book. Your points do not make sense. What you're trying to argue is that we need a progressive leader to save us uh, in this battle against Islamo-fascism. But I'm willing to bet that you won't even identify Islamo-fascism as the threat, will you? But what happened to, what happened to you? Where you went deaf, dumb, and blind all of a sudden? Where do you stand on the threat from Osama bin Laden and the Islamo-fascists? Do you say it doesn't exist, it does exist, or what? No, I don't want to even get into that. Oh, well, what do you want to get into? Why are you wasting my time? Go back to one of your communist halls down there in Boston and give yourself the malarkey and then have a, a scotch on me. You're living in the past, my friend. You're an old u trade unionist who doesn't even know what the hell you're talking about anymore. Conflict of interest in discussing all of this, too. You don't know what you're talking about. You have no idea what you're talking about. If you're unwilling or unable to understand the threat we're facing from the uh, Muslim invasion... And the Muslim crusade that is going on around the world, how can we even have a discussion? No, I understand what the threat is. I so what are we arguing with? Then why are you and I two good Americans fighting? Why are we fighting with each other? Threat is. Okay. I understand what the threat is, but I'm So then why then why are you and I where are we disagreeing? I don't even understand what the disagreement is. My disagreement is with your uh, uh, you know, your touting uh, Churchill at every time I listen to you, and I do listen to you because it's entertainment, not fact, but entertainment. That's and right. In other words, you liberals are the only ones who have brains. We have no brains, the conservatives. We entertain you. The reason you're listening to me is that inside you, there's a man who can still live and stand up and understand reality. The man who wants to overcome and break free of the shackles of liberalism. That's why you're listening to me. I'm not entertaining you. I'm educating you, Peter. No, not me. If you look, if you look at the people that have taken us through wars from the First World War through the Second World War, through Korea, through Vietnam, were all Democrat presidents. They so what are you saying, that the Democrats are the party of war? Fanatical, radical... Wait, sir, wait a minute. Are you saying that the Democrats are the party of militancy and war? No, I'm saying that the Democrats... Oh, wait, you just said that. I agree with you. It has been Democrats who've taken us to war. Absolutely, I agree with you. So what's your point? That they're a part, that they're a militant party of war. Well, then I would, I would gladly become a Democrat if they were still a party willing to stand up for America. But they're not. They become a sort of European Socialist Party of appeasers. They're not that party that you're talking about. I would gladly join a party that was still a JFK, FDR type party. They disappeared a long time ago, Peter. I think you're living in another world. No, no, they didn't disappear. They're there. They are there. What about my statement that in 1933, did you hear that piece or you missed that? Which one? Church the year that the Nazis came to power, the Oxford Union, which is a debating society where all of the future British political elite would debate, they passed a resolution that said this house would under no circumstances fight for its king and country. Uh, that you and I would agree. I think that that's uh, uh, appeasement, wouldn't you? you got to remember the Germans. you got to remember your history. The Germans... But sir, wait, don't, don't speak down to me. Don't talk down to me because I'll throw you off my show. This is my bar, not yours. you got to remember your history. 
And you got to remember that I'm far more educated than you are. Well, yeah, that's that's why you didn't. That's why they didn't accept you into Berkeley. You remember how much you were, Wait, sir? Excuse me, sir. Hello, I earned my PhD from the University of California at Berkeley. What are you talking about? Just what are you talking about? Talking about I never applied. I never applied for anything but uh, admission to the PhD program, and I, and I got my PhD in three years, sir, with a three point three point nine four a GPA, whatever they call it, uh, out of a four point oh. Can you match those credentials, sir? What about the time you applied for? Well, no, 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 no. You see, again, you're a classic weasel. Every time you lose a point, you change the argument. You can't win one point with me, so you keep going to the next point. But I got news for you. You're fighting a futile battle. You're up 1933, right. the Nazis come to power. The Oxford Union, a liberal debating society, says we, this house, would under no circumstances fight for its king and country. That is appeasement. You know that, and I know that. How did Hitler take it? He said, well, the British would never fight another war with Germany. He became emboldened. It's identical to what your leader, Nancy Pelosi, is doing with the Islamo-fascists. Every time your party of appeasers, called the Democrats, pass another resolution against the war, pass another resolution appeasing the Muslims, pass another resolution saying women in burkas can work at security counters in America because we'd be racist otherwise, Every time your party of appeasers does that, they dig the grave of America another foot deeper. And I'm ashamed at you, sir, because you probably were one day at one time in your life an educated, intelligent man. So I'm going to send you how to reduce the risk of Alzheimer's because I'm afraid that you're in the early stages of that dread disease. That's the only explanation of what happened to you.